What does it mean to open your heart to someone? What does that actually mean? We're going to find out today in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. And let's get going right away into the text. So 2 Corinthians 6 and uh, I'll go ahead. How many verses are we at? Oh, we have 18, 18, so So we can talk quite a bit here. All right. It's kind of nice. How's your weekend, Dad? (laughs) Good weekend. (laughs) It's a good weekend. I think we're still celebrating the launch. Man 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 Camp was fun. awesome. And we're still celebrating the launch of North Shore. That's been been a blast. Yeah, it is. So you were there. I was there the first week. You were there this last weekend, and it was a good Sunday. It was. It was a little bit hectic because we're trying to cover two pulpits. Yeah. And uh, just kind of rushing between the two. Yeah. But... All right, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start reading. Verse 1, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. Of course, you start off like that, you got to, what is he even talking about? What's this marvelous gift? And you remember from chapter 5, and uh, if you read yesterday, and I hope you did, hope you read over the weekend, but he was talking about this, the ministry of the gospel, being able to reconcile people back to God. And so this, this marvelous gift is that gift of salvation that he's given to us and and he does not want us to just receive it and then go on, not focus yeah. on sharing it with others or practicing it in our lives. And I know this isn't a preaching podcast. I know it's Monday and maybe it's just too early for some conviction in the week, but I, I will say this, most people, and I bet you're guilty of it because I've been guilty of it. Most people, most Christians will accept the marvelous gift of God and then ignore it. Yeah. They don't pass it on. It's mm-hmm. not something that drives their passions. It doesn't drive really their relationships. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of something where it's almost fire insurance. Fire, all right, cool. I'm not going to hell. Like, no, this impacts everything you do. Yeah. Like everything you do today should be different because you embrace the gospel. Because when you, you think about it, it, there's nothing in the world that compares in importance to this. Because we're talking about eternal life, where we will be for the rest of eternity and where other people will be. So yeah. it, it should drive us. You're right. All right, so verse two, for God says at just the right time, I heard you on the day of salvation, I helped you saying, I did this for you. Indeed, the right time is now, today is the day of salvation. You know, there seems to be a hint in here, Junior, that because I think that these churches, just because they were good communities as well, people were drawn to the social aspect of the church, just like as they are today. We know we have people attending church that are not yet believers today, but they're drawn in because they like the people and they like what's going on. He seems to be indicating to them that you shouldn't ignore this gift of salvation, that it's available to you. He says, today is the day of salvation. Hmm. And so this, this seems to be almost like he's he's hitting, kind of killing two birds with one stone. That is, he's going after those of us who have received the gospel, that we shouldn't ignore it. We need to get it out there. But also, what about those who have heard the gospel, but have you personally responded yeah. and received it? Or maybe even think they have the gospel, but they really haven't embraced Never it. have fully embraced it, right? Yeah. Never been genuine repentance. All right, so verse three, we live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We have been beaten, been put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, and gone without food. Man, this is this is not the prosperity gospel. No, is it's it? not. This is indeed what Jesus said. In this world, you will have trouble. I think we, some mom, some moms of babies right now might be hearing that, being like, <laughs> feeling, I kind of yeah. feel a little bit appalled. Yeah. <laughs> sleepless nights, and yeah. angry mobs. <laughs> <laughs> we prove ourselves by our purity 
our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. So he says, this salvation, we're not just claiming it, we're actually practicing it. We're proving that it's genuine in the lives that we're living. Now that's, I just want to point this out, mm-hmm. Dad, this fascinating thing. I mean, this just pops out, that popped out at me for the first time. He says, we prove ourselves by what? Our purity, our understanding, our patience, and our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us. He does not say the amount of knowledge that we have. No. Now yeah. he does say how we understand, understanding, understanding, yeah. but he's not talking about this like, he's, it, that is not the highlight of all about this knowledge and, and what, what I know and my opinions kind of and all right. of that, right. I find that interesting. It's it's more about his patience, how he understands scriptures and kindness and purity. That's proof. And by our that's how he proves love. himself. Yeah. His love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for attack and the left hand for defense. I think you with the last time a couple of weeks ago when we talked about this, you you had just gone boxing. Right? Yeah, it didn't and, work out too well. Yeah, so we won't go into that. No. Uh, we serve God whether people <laughs> honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. Well, hmm. once you pick up in verse nine, yeah, we are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We've been beaten, but we have not been killed. He's talking about the apostles here, right? Not mm-hmm. all Christians, yeah. but he's talking about the apostles. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we have spiritual riches to others. We own nothing and yet have everything. Hmm. Oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. Uh, how, how did that look that? Why, why would he say something like that? Is there anything in the yeah. background of this as far as just as far as the rejection of his writings? Well, he's going to go into this further as we continue in Second Corinthians. And we again saw that the first time through the couple of weeks ago, and it's good for us to go over this again, just for our remembering and our understanding. But he seems to address those that are not, that they they claim to be Christians, but they're denying the power of it. They're not living their Christian faith. And so he speaks of immorality that's going on and dishonesty and the, yeah. the, the lacking of integrity in their work relationships with other people. And he's, he's saying that you guys are, and so he, he's going to go after them and in fact, remember at one point he says, hey, don't don't make me have to come there. <laughs> right. Well, and two, I mean, the whole context, I mean, of, of the letter, there are times where Paul has said, seems to allude to the fact that people are doubting him, yeah. gossiping about him and attacking and him. And I think that's the point because he is about to offer a stern rebuke and he's asking them, open your hearts to us. Listen to what we have to say. I've been listening yeah. to you. I'm open to everything that you've got. Open yourself up to what I I care about you. I love you. And I want you to hear what I'm telling you. So look at that. Verse 13 says, I am asking you to respond as if you were my mm-hmm. own children. Open your hearts to us. That's why he yeah. says that. So what does it mean to open your heart, dad? Yeah, I, I think that it's having a being able to receive the receptive attitude of receiving what they have to say with, with genuine consideration that, hey, what you're telling me, I know you want what's best for me. What you're telling me, this is good for me to hear. So as Christians, is it our responsibility to live with open hearts? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, I think we should always be wanting to examine ourselves and to have at least a couple of people that we can trust in our lives that we are looking to to help us with that self-examination. And it it might seem like a little bit of a reach, but just with those words, open your hearts. Just got to say, you, this morning, as you're listening to this, have you closed your heart to anybody mm. that you shouldn't have? 
maybe maybe a parent mm. just closed your heart or maybe a spouse just maybe it's been a rough couple of years been rough ever since you had kids or rough ever since you got married you closed your heart is that how you're living paul would say here you need to live with your heart open yeah. especially to those people yeah Right. Continues on, verse 14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. We talked a lot about that last time mm-hmm. around. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Now, I, I want to insert this because just in the last chapter, he talked about how we have this recon, responsibility of reconciliation, that we are to help people come become believers. And so we might even think, well, if we don't have friends who are lost, how can we witness to them? But his point here is not that we're not to have relationships with people on on the outside, people yeah. that aren't don't belong to Christ. It just shouldn't be primary relationships. And yeah, they shouldn't be our chief influences. Yeah. As far as God says, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I'll be your father and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Mm. All right, let's get over to Proverbs. And last week we got back into Proverbs after spending a lot of time in Psalms. And we, you know, I've been reading Proverbs almost every day since I was about 18 years old. It's been so good for me. So much wisdom in here. Uh, so read the whole chapter, read all of uh, chapter two. It, it coincides with the day of the month as well. But I wanted to highlight verse three and then jump down to verse nine, just because verse three introduces this whole section. And we already talked about a couple of those verses earlier this year when we began Proverbs. But he says in verse three, cry out for insight and understanding, search for them as you would for lost money or hidden treasure. And verse nine, because then he has a, a series of these, and then he'll do this and then he'll do this. So if we have insight and understanding, if we cry out for these things, then, verse 9, then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will know how to find the right course of action every time. Hmm. Because apart from that viewpoint that comes from God, his wisdom, being connected with him and having his spirit showing us the truth, then we don't have a good understanding of what is right, just, and fair. We just have our own human opinions, and man, those have failed time and again, generation after generation. We need we need God's wisdom, God's viewpoint on these things to even know what is right, just, and yeah. fair. Well, that, that's why I find it, that's why I find it sad that so many Christians are following culture. Mm-hmm. It's almost like culture, that culture is their their God, really. That's and, what that's what their passion, that's what they follow. And yet culture is always changing. Yes. And and even sadly, even some Christian leaders do all they can to try to make the Bible fit into culture, trying to make God's word palatable. When the fact is we are not to judge God's word based on cultural viewpoints. We're to judge cultural viewpoints based on God's word. Yeah. All right. Well, it's Monday, and um, it Monday. you know, people talk about the Monday blues, but Monday's the beginning of the week. Make this a great week by making it a great day. Start yeah. your week off. Well, and right. actually, and it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, not, it's a, we've been sharing the special days, right? Yeah. You know how it's all, a highlight oh, of the yeah. day. And get we, back to we that. can't let that go. No. But today is International Day of Nonviolence. Okay. So... If you were planning on being violent today, yeah, 
Maybe save that for tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or not at all. Not at all. I don't want to get emails on that. <laughs> so don't go to boxing tonight. Uh, yeah, right. It's just kind of funny. It's like promote peace, justice, and harmony today. Well, maybe we should do that every day. That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, make it a good non violent Wait, 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 wait. Don't turn this off yet because there's a really big deal we got to talk about. Junior, your book manual, which I was the first to read it. Yeah. It came out, it launched on Friday. Yeah, it's been out a and couple so, days now. Man, you guys, you've got to read this book because yeah. I'm not saying it's because he is my son. I, if it, if it was a crappy book, I would say, yeah, you should read it. But <laughs> it's not a crappy book. It really is a good book. It was good yeah. for me. And if if you are a man, if you are married to a man, if you are a boy mom, if you're dating a man, you got to get this book. It yeah. really is good. No, thanks, Dad. I Look, appreciate that. Why don't you tell them where they can get it? Yeah. Well, you can go uh, we buy it at the bridge. It's cheaper. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be cheaper if you buy it at the bridge. You can also go on Amazon. I think I'm, I'm working with Barnes & Noble. They're kind of a little bit difficult yeah. with okay. me right now, but um, you might be able to get on Barnes & Noble by, by this time today. Uh, on Monday here, but, um, you actually make more money off it if they buy it on Amazon, right? I do, but I just yeah. trying to save people money, but there we go. Yeah. Church. So, no, I, I buy was, his book at the church, buy my book on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I have had women ask like, is this okay? If I read it too, can I read it too? And, and my yeah. answer is always no, <laughs> unless you're like, no, of course not. I, I really did write this book because I sat down six months ago. I was like, what do I want? I pray for my daughter's husbands like what do i want them to look like what do i want my girls to look for in a man and then these just kind of spilled out on the pages and then it got to the point where i was like maybe this should be in a book and be in other people's hands yeah and so i hope it blesses you whether you're a man or a woman i hope it blesses you and uh yeah i'm excited so pick up the book and now have a great day that's right